HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Today's program is proudly brought to you by Whole Foods Market. Visit WholeFoodsMarket.com or download the Whole Foods Market app to learn more and find the store nearest to you. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network. We're a member-supported food radio network broadcasting over 35 weekly shows live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. Join our hosts as they lead you through the world of craft brewing, behind the scenes of the restaurant industry, inside the battle over school food, and beyond. Find us at heritageradionetwork.org. Welcome to Food Without Borders on HeritageRadioNetwork.org. I'm your host, Sari Kamen. I am in studio today with Ethiopian-born Abdul Salam Abba-Jabal. He's the owner of Oasis Jimma Juice Bar in Harlem, and he also has a location in Calgary, and he has a community center also in Harlem. And I apologize for starting the show late, but the reason is because Abdi, which is what you like to go by, yes? Yes, yes. Brought an unbelievable Ethiopian food feast for us to um, to taste before the show. So sorry we were late, but not sorry. So Abdi, why don't, can you just go tell the listeners um, what you brought and just make everyone really jealous? Because okay. it was incredible. Yeah, thank you for having me in uh, your studio and interesting me. Um, <laughs> thank you so much for you. coming. Thank you. You're so, already the best guest ever because you came with like an actual feast. <laughs> oh, okay. In, in, in my culture, when you visit someone or when you went uh, to see or have a like show or whatever, we can't go empty hand. We you, always you were the opposite of empty-handed. I've never <laughs> seen anyone show up with so, so much. Even this is like the the, the the taste side. It's not like actual food. So I <laughs> I I brought only uh, miserwort, which is a lentil and uh, you know uh, quinoa ball and a few juice and uh, uh, like ten, bread. Ten. Uh, a few. Quite a few. Yes. Yes. 
And I mean, it was not, there was a quinoa with avocado. You mentioned that. Then, yeah, there was two different kinds of lentils. There was a gorgeous soup with sweet potato in it. Yeah, the soup is very, it's a sweet potato, squash and lentil and a lot of spicy. And then I bring a bread, which is bread. Two or, different kinds of bread. Yeah, one is injera, mm-hmm. regular injera. The other one is uh, called a uh, dabo. Dabo means it's very heavy. Uh, similar to regular bread, but we made it home every day with a half teff, half a whole wheat. Wheat. And you said it's more of a morning bread. Yeah, it's very mo- dense. mostly we eat with the tea in the morning or in the afternoon, like a snack. Mm-hmm. We do snacking. Um, and you also brought this really vibrant, spicy green sauce. Yeah, a spicy green sauce is called uh, chitney. You can call it chitney, but in my language, it's called doko. Okay. It's uh, made with uh, jalapeno. Oh, that's why it was spicy. A lot of garlic and cilantro and uh, cardamom and ginger. It was all so good. And the colors were just like a- alive, like electric. I mean, the soup was this goldenrod yellow and then this beautiful neon green and um, this like very earthy reddish brown for the lentils and the injera. You said, I think you said it was whole wheat. Yeah. Yeah, which I've never had before. I don't think whole wheat injera. And it was just really sour and like with this lovely elasticity and meant to pick up all the food, you know, so you don't have to use. Yeah, it's a uh, fermented whale. And uh, about injera is about how they can be soury. We always like for two days, we, we make a dough at least to stay for two days for fermented the right way. So they can taste it like sour and uh, nice soft flavor yeah and yours is all gluten-free and you mentioned to me that a lot of times when you eat at ethiopian restaurants it's not actually entirely gluten-free yeah to make gluten-free is going to be very expensive Mm -hmm. and uh, hard to get the ingredients but for health purpose and uh, i use 100 percent teff and which is gluten-free and uh they have a lot of uh, iron and um so it's very healthy teff so so we should explain what you do. You mean you, you own a juice bar <clears throat> and the focus is health, which is why you use such, you know, beautiful, wholesome ingredients because the whole reason you opened up your juice bar, which we'll get to, is because you are interested in nutrition and health and providing healthy options in your neighborhood where you live in Harlem. Um, but let's take it back. You're from Ethiopia. You brought this unbelievable Ethiopian spread and you know, your juice bar, you have foods like this that you serve. So tell us a little bit about, like, where in Ethiopia are you from? What was your upbringing like? Uh, yeah, thank you again. And uh, I came from Ethiopia. Uh, it's a very small village called, uh, the state called Jima. Jima is basically, is the bird, a lot of people, they don't know, is the birthplace of coffee. Oh. From entire world, uh, coffee found in our region, in Jima. And uh, after Jima, Coffee, we have a like, big state, Kafa and Jima together. So Jima is very uh, green and uh, have a lot of fruit and vegetable and uh, a lot of coffee, trees. So I born in village, mostly maybe 300 farmers in our village. And uh, my dad, he's a community person. He has his own clinic based on like a... Uh, community doctor. It's not like an uh, official science doctor. Like a holistic doctor. Holistic doctor. Mm-hmm. So he take care of about the health and wellness issue in the community. 
and uh, I grew up uh, that Atama helping my mom to cook and to clean. The school where I grew up, there's no school. So I have to travel one and a half hour one way. So by age of nine, ten, the first uh, time I get a school, because I have to able to travel one and a half hours in the jungle that you have to cross the river. So until that time, I'm helping my dad, my mom. So after uh, my early 11 or 12, my dad passed away. So all that responsibility and the fail all in the family, they used to my dad take care of everyone. So after that, the, fa- the, the life is, you know, mixed up. So I get away from home. Wow. So basically you at 12 had so much responsibility. Like you had to become an adult very quickly at a very young age. Yes. Um, how did you, how did you manage that? How did you figure out at such a young age how to basically survive and support yourself? Yeah, it's very hard, and uh, we, uh, especially when you, uh, you family, your dad, who role model for the community. It's not mm-hmm. only for the family. We have uh, like more than fifty adult kids in my compound, in our compound, uh, where they dry out or where the, the family die. All kids they come in our 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 compound, our village. So my dad, he take care of all those people, and he has a lot, like twelve. I have a 12 sibling. You have 12 siblings? Yeah, 12 siblings plus like 12, 15 adapt kids in the house. Wow. So from before that, nobody know how they can take care of themselves, even the adults, because my dad, he's a shadow, he's a community leader, he guide everyone. So the entire community relied on your dad? R- yes. So I've been seeing that what my dad did do after he passed, I can't handle it. Everybody like getting, uh, you know, they go in another direction. The hunger is came. The, the people getting sick and people they getting fighting. I'm gonna get this. I'm gonna get this. A so, whole community essentially collapsed collapse. because of the death of your father. Yeah, he was my, the linchpin of the whole community. Yes. The funny thing that my dad he didn't have a sick. He didn't. He went to Arabia to Prigmalech. So he get by car accident. He died so by he car died accident. Not because he was sick, but because he was in a car accident. Yeah, coming car- back from a pilgrimage. Yeah. So <sighs> the un- unexpected. I'm so, so. I mean, I know it was so long ago, but I, I'm. I'm sorry. I know that's like a generic thing to say at this yeah. point in your life. But yeah. That's oh, so tragic. You. It's okay. Thank you. So I couldn't handle it because I'm so close to my dad and yeah. seeing the community. And they try to go to school, but at the same time, I'm very distracted. Uh, the first step I do it, and uh, I, I run out from home. You left. So, yeah, I don't want to be witness. Did you feel, I mean, did people in the community expect you to take the place of your dad? And is that why it felt like it was too much to handle? The, by this time, there's a, my brother, and uh, he tried to take the community, but he take the wrong way. Uh-huh. Uh, he's a bigger than me. And they take the wrong way. He didn't take the community the way they used to my dad do. So I don't want to witness that. And then I left uh, I back home. Okay, I understand. Okay, so you left your home. I know you worked a lot of different kinds of jobs. I mean, at, some, at one point you ended up in a refugee camp in Kenya. You were selling fruit. Um, what were the other kind of places you found yourself through this 
period where you were essentially growing up and becoming a man and becoming an adult? Yeah, as um, I'm always, uh, I want to take back and take my dad's step, uh, helping the community, building the community back. To do that, you need money. The first step I did is go another uh, small village, start my own practice and nutrition, uh, like uh, community uh, holistic. Uh, so culinary. what you were gonna follow in your father's footsteps? Yeah, but I'm not gonna do it in 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 village of my dad right. because my brother control. So I went to another place okay. and uh, very far and tried to do that. I did for six months. The government harassed and. And then they arrest me. I don't have a license. Oh. I'm so young to do that. So I left there and uh, I went to uh, mining industry in Ethiopia, between Sudan and Ethiopia. It's very high uh, crime and mm-hmm. there's a lot of uh, heat. There's no food. There's no water. I did that for quite a while. And then the war broke up between two ethnic groups. Mm-hmm. And then a lot of my uh, friends, they passed away. They, they killed by gang members. From that, I did another gold mining difference between Kenya and Ethiopia again. I did a lot of work, like uh, cook for 30 to 40 people, three meals a day. And uh, from that, I guess a little amount of gold. The reason I went there, I thought I, mean, I can pick up by luck some piece of gold and then I can sell it, go back home helping my dad community, oh. which is, he didn't happen. Uh, I learned later uh, building community or become worthy, become knowledge is not going to be by accident. It's, it's doing, doing process and work hard and be in progress. So from that point, people tell me, oh, there's a way you can go Kenya and then, you know, uh, stay refugee camp. And I ended up refugee camp. Okay. Um, how long you at the refugee camp for? Uh, for about five years. Wow. And then what made you decide to come to America? What was the idea to leave? Always you don't know we're going to come to America. The, I, I, I tried before in Ethiopia. I tried to go Middle East. I tried to Djibouti. I tried to different, different countries to, mm-hmm. to help myself and then help in the community my dad left. So I tried Saudi Arabia. I didn't work out. They deported me. And uh, different different place, it didn't work out. I ended up refugee camp and uh, tried to get the the best po- the best country uh, where you can work hard, hard, change your life, change someone's life and family. So coming to America is by accident mostly, hmm. and uh, happened to New York. You just woke up one day in New York. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of process during that time. The UNCHR, you stay UNCHR, and then you have a family, you have a sponsor, so uh, that's happened. Okay, so you found yourself in New York by accident. Uh, what did you immediately think that you would open a juice bar, or what did you what did you do first to get yourself on? Firm ground. Yeah, came in New York is very overwhelming. We have been staying in refugee camp for five years and try different country and for two years. So my dream has come true when I arrived in New York City. I thought all my problem and uh, it's gonna be solved. By that time, I have a diabetic because I cross a lot of desert. 
I've been skipping a lot of meals and I seek uh, malaria, typhoid, different, different country because there's no clean water, escaping a lot of meals. So I thought I'm going to heal myself and then I'm going to get a lot of money by, by arriving in USA. But like that was just going to happen automatically. Yes. You're going to suddenly find yourself find in, in because <laughs> the way we see it and uh, with the way CZ movie well you've seen coming to America by, with Eddie Murphy yes <laughs> so this is our role model we yeah. <laughs> we we are we are not seeing reality but right. always we see movie so you thought you'd have you know access to amazing healthcare when you got here mm. your health would be you would just have this miraculous recovery and find yourself very wealthy yes yes so by when i was kenya I went for interview American embassy, so they told me you are diabetic, you can't fly, you should get so high. So I have to uh, take me another six months for come here. They have to control my blood sugar the, the first time I get from them insulin. Mm. So I start getting insulin when I was in Kenya. And coming here, I don't speak English, no penny in pocket. So when I get here by second, third days, I have a food stamp. Uh, they walk me inside the supermarket. They look like a, a heaven, seeing a lot of food difference, sure. you know, the te- texture, color. And so I start eating, drinking that, and my, I, I get sick. I mean, what kind of, were you eating junk food, processed food? Yeah, I don't know that time. There's yeah. a junk food, there's no processing food. I don't have idea how the food is harming human beings. Of course not. Yeah. But uh, after a while, you know, I, I work and uh, I don't have enough power. Or I'm always sick. I don't understand because I'm great country and there's a lot of food. Nobody tell me this bad, this good. Right. So I've been working three jobs to support my family here, support Kenya, support Ethiopia. So I live in three country now, mm. helping others. So long story short, and uh, after that, uh, whatever I visit, doctor, the first step is you want to take another appointment to come next week. Or the second is or increase the dosage. You go take this, you talk this, uh, always they don't give me the, re- the, the the answer I want. They don't explain to you what's making you sick. They're just trying to prescribe something. Yes. Yeah. Because when I was in, in my dad uh, helping uh, the patient, I, I take lamp like that to my dad to see the patient. Especially we, uh, we don't have a light in the morning and the night. I have to take a lamp for my dad. When he treats people, I will see how my dad treats people. He say, this is your problem fix it after that you don't have to see me again right he wasn't probably prescribing the medicine he was explaining to them their what their ailments were and like you said like in a holistic way so they could use food and other natural ways to remedy themselves yes it. so they don't have to independent to my dad they tell them three true uh, what they can capable human being so you seek because of this so you can heal yourself i expect that it must have been really confusing for you to be at the doctor then and not have them give you an explanation yes <laughs> so from that point uh, i start listening people i start reading i start you know learning english so i say diet what the diet means Oh, there's another diet, this diet, this diet. Uh, basically, I start learning, and then uh, I take a nutrition class. I change my diet totally. I get healthy, better, and uh, have more energy. Uh, I live in Harlem. So 
I st I st uh, I having conscious now where I go. I want to eat where I can't go where I want to spend my money. I have more conscious than before. So when I open my eye, where I used to eat is like unhealthy, but I want to eat outside mm -hmm. because I'm very busy. And then there's nothing there. Uh, affordable, uh, fresh, healthy, quick meals, especially for person like me who has a diabetic, who has a like chronic disease or who earn less money. There's no system. There's no food for that. So I feel responsibilities. This is uh, my duty to uh, bring this gap to, to Harlem community. Okay. And so the idea of owning juice bar and board. Wow. Okay, that's just, it's so incredible. There's so much to say. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back to hear more about your juice bar and how it opened. Today's program is brought to you by Whole Foods Market. From papayas and samosas to reishi mushrooms, if it's something that sounds delicious, chances are you'll find the freshest, best version of it at Whole Foods Market. They have more than 400 stores across the country, so if you consider pizza its own food group or just can't imagine when avocado toast wasn't a thing, Whole Foods Market has you covered. Visit WholeFoodsMarket.com to find a store near you. Whole Foods Market. Whatever makes you whole. Hey, you're listening to Food Without Borders on Heritage Radio Network. I'm your host, Sari Kamen. I'm in studio today with my guest. His name is Abdi Abajabal. He is the owner of Oasis Jimma Juice Bar in Harlem. And if you're just tuning in, you missed his incredible story um, of how he came to the United States, grew up in Ethiopia, ended up for a while in a refugee camp in Kenya, um, landed in New York City, discovered he was diabetic and found himself in Harlem where he couldn't figure out where to uh, buy food that was nutritious and help deal with his own diabetes and felt like he wanted to give back to his community. So the idea of opening um, a juice bar was born. So that's where we left off. Abdi, take it away. So you had this idea to open a juice bar so there would be a nutritious and healthy fast option in Harlem. Yeah, and then um, I used to live at the same block, and uh, I see uh, that time I work in Newark Airport. I always do multiple jobs. I drive a uh, cab in the city uh, two days a week, a fueling aircraft in, uh, in Newark Airport. Uh, from that, uh, I see one store to rent. I call them, I ask them, I want to open this juice bar. And then I, I never work in food industry, but I never have even idea how juice equipment, how the license it, how everything is. So the guy say, "What you want to do in the store?" I, I tell him exactly what I want. Long story short, uh, my income is very low. Uh, they ask me three years tax return and six months bank account. So finally, I get the space. After I get a space, I don't have idea how licenses come out, how's everything. So I change my work uh, in the evening, so daytime I can research it and stop, uh, start my store. I opened 2012 in November. 
the hurricane season and uh, lucky I'm the one person only open when all New York are shut down. <laughs> And then uh, I'm very happy people that come see it, choose it. The first time the people came for, th- for uh, at least three weeks, I didn't know what the kale was. I opened my juice bar, but I don't know what the kale. <laughs> and uh, one customer walk in, uh, tell me, even I don't have a menu. They tell me. What were I, you serving? <laughs> I was like carrots, beet, what I know, what's helping me, what I do inside the home. Okay. And uh, the guys, but my message is not about the business, it's to bring awareness. We have a lot of resources. Living in New York City, living in Harlem, living in the United States, we have a bunch of resources. But we lack of sharing, understanding, have a conscience. So my, my, my duty is to bring that. There's a lot of uh, expert people, there's a lot of doctors, there's a lot of nurse, nutrition. So... And say, I need a kale, blah, blah. So I, what's the kale? I don't know kale. <laughs> and then they told me, oh, this is... I'm not, I'm not laughing that you didn't know. I'm just laughing because you're very like charming and yeah, adorable so, when you describe that. <laughs> yeah. The, the next day I went to the store. I told them, what's the kale? This one. <laughs> I buy it, I bring it. So I learned that way. The customer teach me uh-huh. mostly. And then uh, after that, mm, there's a China restaurant behind, like close to me. One guy walking, why should I buy you juice and for four dollar when I can go to Chinese restaurant, have a piece of uh, bowl of rice, can of soda, uh, meat, uh, chicken, five dollar for all these five dollar you juices for five dollar. And then uh, I understand something people they eat food because of the con- like how much soda they care, how much rice they care. Yeah. It's not about the nutrition, what's supposed we had. Well, that's a perfect question for you. I bet you were thrilled to have that question because you have the answer. Yes. And, and then less than a month after that guy gave me the question, I host in my juice bar free nutrition class. There's a project in front of me. So I invite a lot of, I cook a lot of food free and invite the people, invite volunteer nutrition nurse they can talk about the food impact of the life that we live today. So I've been doing that, and then I go elementary school, secondary school, and uh, Riverside Church, the first place I learned the language in, in, uh, in Riverside Church. I give, back, I give them back my service, bring my machine, my juicer, my everything. They have a food bank. The food bank, what they serve is the elderly people, sick people, the most nutrition need people that serve canned food. I told them, instead of serving canned food, I can bring my mushroom, my juicer, give them free life juicing. So I start doing that, and I go a lot of community events, uh, school events. Last week, I meet uh, uh, President Bar of Brooklyn. Uh, we have uh, some um, in bronze to bring like how we can... They uh, heal ourselves. He's a diabetic. He heal himself. So, if people like him, official, and uh, take this step, I go to school. Uh, like since I open, the kid even they don't know what they're eating. They're the processing food. So, my story that, and then in the first year, I become the third uh, juice bar in New York City uh, by my service. 
And the since that, uh, I'm do I'm hosting a lot of events and the free class and yoga meditation. And I open another the second location in Harlem. Uh, I open for my brother in Canada, Calgary. And, uh, yeah. So you have a, another location in Canada. Yeah. Wow. I Canada. Yeah. I just yeah. I, your story yeah. is incredible. I yeah. mean, it's just first of all, nobody gives away anything for free. So like just listening to you talk about how you go around and you're just you know, doing these demonstrations and these classes and giving away free juices. It's just, you know, everyone is always so concerned about protecting their bottom line and, and it, you don't seem to have any of that anxiety. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of my customers that come always. How you, how you make it to, to, to every day to open your juice bar? How you do that? When you, especially students, they're the Columbia students, the community, because, um, when I was a student, I don't have anything, uh, food or nothing. So the bottom line is uh, the more we share, the more we get. Our, uh, we have a lot of resources and uh, health issues very important for me. And uh, yeah. Yeah. So you're someone who emigrated here from what our president would call a shithole country and have brought this unbelievable generosity and philosophy and selfless attitude and just, just working to improve your community. And you really, you've really changed things. Like you've actually made a huge difference where you live, which I guess, you know, would have been called a food desert because there wasn't access to healthy, nutritious food. And you've, you've changed that. You've resolved that issue. And now there is a place to go. There's a community center. You said there's even, you know, comedy there and yoga. Mm -hmm. Like you've actually changed the fabric of the, the community and neighborhood that you live in. Mm -hmm. It is mm -hmm. just, I don't know what to say, Abdi. You're, you're, you're a real, you're a superhero. That's what you are. Yeah. Yeah. The, co <laughs> the, the community center idea is, um, it's, uh, the way you say it, we have a lot of resource and and has been living healthy life and uh, i open a there's a lot of people has a talent they are not using that talent for developing the community i open a space after uh one month there's a bunch of people that come i never been yoga studio i open this there's a 60 the 80 years old lady, she never been in yoga studio because I opened that she came to yoga studio. I never see stand-up comedy before. I created this. All my communities have a Tuesday night and they are the kickboxing, the open mic. Even we start free, alcohol-free jazz night. All musicians around the Harlem, they can't play until 3 a.m. with the kid, people that come with the pets with a dog, with, <laughs> with uh, all, it's so amazing. And uh, I'm so happy to do that. Why don't you, how, so, how, so I think a lot of Americans are, have, have a dream or would want to do something, but they'd never done it. They would, they've never done it before. So they don't do it. They have fear that they won't succeed because they've never done it before. I've heard from other, from you and from other guests who have emigrated to this country that they had an idea and a project and it wasn't something they had any experience doing, but they did it anyway. And there's something about that immigrant mentality where there's just, you know, an absence of the, the self-doubt because you have to work so hard to succeed here. So it's just you don't have time to stop and question yourself. How did you 
How did you get over that fear? I mean, how did you just sort of bypass it and say, you know, I've never opened a juice bar before. I don't even know how to make juice, but I'm going to do this anyway. I've never seen stand-up comedy, but I'm going to open a, or, you know, have a stand-up night anyway. How did you just navigate that so that you didn't let any of your own self-doubt get in the way of doing what you wanted to do? Uh, for me, there's a lot of things happened during my childhood and doing travel. I would be die many times when I, I, I try to, a lot of immigrants to come in the U.S., it's not the one night uh, process. They left their loved one, they left their culture, they left everything. And uh, that for them, it's like, for me, it's matter that. If I left all that pleasure, all like what's matter to me, a family, uh, culture, everything. So there is no way I can give up my dream. Mm. I already lived more than the value I have. So uh, there's nothing to scare, to doubt me. There's so, nothing to lose. There's nothing to lose. Right. So try it. So uh, you mentioned this. I I started the inside the powerhouse some club, uh, entrepreneur uh, club. When I started this, there is no supportive system in, in, in helping a dreamer. Let's say, I told them about my Oasis Powerhouse, the community center. A lot of people say, it's not, uh, you are not going to do this because you don't have this, you don't have this, you don't have this. They, I didn't find anyone to say, yes, this is a good idea, go mm -hmm. ahead. So I did it anyway. After that, I created this called... Uh, Building healthy community. Building healthy community is, I can't build healthy community by myself. I have to produce people who uh, inside the community to, be, uh, to build a healthy community who has a dream. There's a one lady, she's a teacher, 63 years old. She always, she wants to open a retreat center. I, I pick up 10 groups, 10 people, teach them every day how they can visualize how they can bring life their dream. So I start now one and a, one and a half months. From nowhere, they start looking to space to open. One guy is an ex-cable. He looking for open uh, truck food. There's another one, it's a yoga uh, instructor. He's already started looking for his own uh, space. So. We need a supportive system who they can help each other, show the road. So I started doing that. So I opened five juice bars for other people already <laughs> in, in, in five years. Yeah, yeah. You're, you. you're just truly one of the most amazing people I've ever met. And I'm so happy that you came here today. Um, tell us where we can find your juice bar. So, yeah, my website is called uh, Oasis JJB or Oasis Jima Juice Bar. And uh, the community center is always is open for anyone to share the talent. Is, the, is the juice bar and the community center it's all separate. in this? Are there separate locations? Uh, the second location is going to be have the same. Okay. Uh, the second location is in Harlem, 139, between Broadway and Riverside, where the community center at. This uh, first location is uh, 125th and Broadway. And that's where we go to get your amazing juices and smoothies and Ethiopian food. Yes, uh, 125 or 139. They can and get I a both place. was lucky enough to try quite a few things off the menu, and it is really special and just exceptionally delicious and healthy. It made me feel healthy. It made me feel good. 
Thank you. And nourished. Thank you. Thank you. Um, and you, so you have a website. Are you on Facebook or Instagram or any of those places? Yeah, I'm uh, on social media. Oasis Jima Juice. Jima is uh, my birthplace. Oasis for me, like when I come in New York City, it's going to be look for me desert. Mm-hmm. I can't fit in. So I have to create my own Oasis. Right. So, and Jim is J-I-M-M-A. Yes. Okay. Oasis Demajus and uh, Oasis Powerhouse. All right. Well, if you're in Harlem, you have to go there. If you're not in Harlem, you need to go there. Abdi, thank you so much for coming on the show. It was an absolute pleasure and honor, seriously, to have you on, on the show today. Um, thanks, everyone, for listening who is tuning in. You can also find this podcast on iTunes, on Stitcher Radio, and on Spotify. And it is always on heritageradionetwork.org. We'll see you next week at 6.30 p.m. on Wednesday. Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. For our freshest content and to hear about exclusive events, subscribe to our newsletter. Enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. Connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization driving conversations to make the world a better, fairer, more delicious place. And we couldn't do it without support from listeners like you. Want to be a part of the food world's most innovative community? Rate the shows you like, tell your friends, and please join our community by becoming a member. Just click on the beating heart at the top right of our homepage. Thanks for listening. Thank you.